1: Welcome, everybody, to another Goodman & Humble podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe in the link. Apple, Spotify, whatever you list the podcasts on. Have a great guest this week. Andrew Jones of the Texas. Big-time kid, big-time player. Amazing story. Going to get into that here in a little bit. But first, we got a little sponsor deal here. I just want to say to all the ball handlers out there, before you throw on your team's gear, make sure you take care of your below-the-waist grooming. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from taking on a double team of nagging defenders. So you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is here to sink the competition and deliver the best tools for your below-the-waist grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball-hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved The Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer. The lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snacks are going to be reduced. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Reserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls getting caught to your leg. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HUMMEL, H-U-M-M-E-L, at manscaped.com. It's a whole new balls game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer for Manscaped's all-star lineup and try it for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUMMEL, H-U-M-M-E-L, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use code HUMMEL, H-U-M-M-E-L. When things get hairy in the fourth quarter, make sure to call on Manscaped in Clutch Time.
2: All right, listen, let's get to it. We got some, uh, some news today, Rob. And that is, is in your home state. Yeah, NCAA is going to have the uh, the tournament this year. No surprise, we knew this was coming. Um, they 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 kind of went through the venues, and we mm-hmm. don't know all the specifics. What we know is that Selection Sunday will still be March 14th, and yep. the Final Four is expected again. Uh, still is probably the wrong word because everything's still movable at sure. this point. Uh, April 3rd and 5th are the Final Four. The venues are Lucas Oil, Banker's Life, Hinkle Fieldhouse, which will be very cool, uh, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. I have no – where's Indiana Farmers Coliseum? It's at the
1: fairgrounds. IEPY plays there. They've got, like, an, a minor league hockey team. It's a solid oh. arena. I've been there once. It's okay.
2: So it's how far from downtown Indy? 15 minutes. Okay. And then the two the – Mackey – and Assembly Hall, pretty cool. Are, how yeah. far is How far is Mackey from me Mackey's in Bloomington's an hour. They're They're about an hour. Bloomington might be a little shorter than that. Yeah, yeah my, my biggest concern, I guess, and we don't know all this and how it's going to work yet. We haven't gotten all the specifics. Is Is well, it's obviously. And Dan gabbard's never said it's a bubble. It's not a bubble. It, it's a controlled environment is the term that he's used. But even it being a controlled environment, how are they going to keep? All the the teams, the players, the media, all the other people, um, when they're going to these different venues, how are they going to keep everybody, yeah, COVID free? I
1: I don't know because the NBA had such an advantage that Disney World is actually a bubble. Like you can be at Disney and there's restaurants, there's the the arenas, there's things, there's golf courses. Like you can literally just go there, stay at a resort, and not be impacted by anybody. There's still business. I, I assume there will still be business travelers staying at, they're not going to be able to rent out every hotel. Like, and also where are these teams going to stay? Like Indianapolis is great for hosting events, but not 68
2: teams. Like they've never yeah, done but, that before, but they can do, well, they can do. Listen, my guess is I went to Chicago a month or so ago and stayed in a hotel. I'm telling you, I didn't see another guest in that. that
1: that's hotel. true. I, I was at the, I stayed at the JW for the crossroads yep. and. Now, I think the Texans were in there. Notre Dame was in there. Indiana. So there was like, there was a, it was very booked. Was like it? It, it was very full. Um, but there was also, it was a big, the crossroads had a Colts playoff game or not play, Colts regular season game. You had four college basketball teams playing. But you got no
2: fans, Rob. You, no, you, that's true. I,
1: I just, eight teams is a lot. I mean, you're talking about 12 to 15 players. You're talking about coaches. You're talking about support staff, strength, conditioning,
2: trainers. 25 times. What I mean, team-wise, 25 times 70 is, what, 2,000 people. Well, I guess that's not that bad. It's not. It it really – I think they can do that, and I think the other part that people are losing sight of here is after the first four days, like, half the teams are gone.
1: That's true. Everybody leaves. I feel bad for the low seeds. They're about to be stuck in the crappiest hotels Indianapolis
2: has to offer. (laughs) Or have a quarantine. The hard part – I find is is what are you going to do with conference tournaments? Nobody's really talked about this yet, but if you have conference tournaments running up like the Big Ten, yeah, Sunday, and then you're going to tell me selection Sunday is 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 the that day, and then you got to go to Indy two days later. More, the Big Ten tournament could be in Indy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's they good might point. all be there already. So, but but whatever the case, all I'm saying is all these conference tournaments, you've got people together some fans likely in, in, in these conference tournaments and then you're going to go and you're going to have to quarantine for a week, aren't yeah, you? I think so. My my question
1: too and I was wondering this about the NFL but it's relevant to the NCAA tournament is like what do we do when a team tests positive and you just can't play their round of 64 or 32 or backup? Is there seriously is there an alternate team? I for the first round, that works. That doesn't really work when, hey, we have an alternate team that wasn't playing and they get dropped into the Sweet 16. Like, that's,
2: that's not That's were. why, that's why to me, the best way to do it. And again, we, we talked about it. What was it? 150 million or so for, for, for yeah. the NBA? Mm-hmm. Well, there's 900 million on the line for the NCAA. Yeah, you would think
1: it would make sense if you're going to make $900 million to spend 150, right? I would,
2: I would say. It, you would you what? run it
1: back at Disney? Like, I guess the problem is, is this is a, this is a CBS and Turner deal right. and Disney is obviously not involved yeah. with that, but I'm sure that they I, I, might be willing to do it again. They've done it before.
2: I just feel like, you know what? You want to do it where you, you have it all, uh, insulated as much as possible. And I'm not sure money. that there's a the
1: place in the country that fits for this model. Like the bubble worked for the, how many teams were there for, from the NBA? 16? There's 16 teams there initially?
2: No, it was more. It was like 20, right? 20, 20 teams? Those extra teams, you know, that played for the, the eight Like, eight. if
1: you were to do this at Disney, you would not have enough venues to get the games in. You've got – I mean, I guess you could play like – I guess you could do like AAU style.
2: Yeah, you had Where they like split
1: the milk house into the four quadrants.
2: Right. I mean, you and had multiple two. courts. The, the ones upstairs at Disney, there were two – is that a college court, though? That's a high school-sized court, I believe. No, maybe. You might be right. I haven't been there in a long time. It might, you, you might be you right. You definitely have
1: the main one, and they have the capability of splitting into four, the main court. But I don't know if it's long enough. Now, they could totally build a floor on top of that and, and use the two sides. Three. You could get wow. three courts in there, and you have the gymnastics. You have I, I just feel like,
2: again, are you setting yourselves up to – for something to happen, and all it's going to take is, what if like Gonzaga or Baylor get hit, yeah, and, and they got to bail, they got to take a you know a seven day quarantine, or even one of their best players. I mean, like tournament, tournament wait on them? I, I, don't know, like... I don't know how you could, unless it's like the final four. If it got to the final four, maybe you could wait. But how are you going to have thirty two teams the whole
1: tournament up? Yeah, I, dude, I, that's why I just can't believe they're not going to bubble.
2: You got to have every contingency plan set up for whatever might happen, and and I just right. don't know. To me, I'd spend the money to make the money.
1: And, yeah, and I, I totally I mean, agree. with With and all that being said, though, I, mean, I do think it's really cool the venues that they've got. Like, I mean, Hinkle is very historic. Mackey is great. Assembly Hall is great. But nope. I mean, there's no fan. It'd be it'd be sick if there was fans. That'd be really cool. Down the
2: road, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. Um, I know. I know. But, I'd actually yeah. love. I would love to see the final four played in Hinkle. If you're see, not, fans anyway. So you you think Hinkle's the best out of those three? No, but it's the closest. It is the
1: closest. It's probably the worst, though. But not that I'm biased. Ten
2: minutes down the road. No, I,
1: I'm not an hour. I mean, it's, no. I I hear you. I, I I get that. But to me, like Hinkle Fieldhouse is very historic. Um, I don't know. I, I played there in eighth grade, and we lost in the state tournament. So i I have a bias. You don't like it? Yeah, just from losing.
2: All right, the other thing that happened, the net rankings, which are the NCAA's uh, metric, um, the first one was released today. They pushed it back. Well, I guess it's pushed back, but it really wasn't pushed back that much because the season started a little bit later. Um, Gonzaga won, Baylor two, so they got that right. Tennessee three, got no problem with that. Illinois, Villanova, Michigan at six, a little bit of an issue, but not much. Iowa, Houston, Texas, Missouri. I know you're going to kill me for Michigan. We can, we'll get out of that later. We'll get <laughs> I out just
1: here. uh I saw your tweets, uh, last night and I oh just thought God. it was funny. So
2: they're out of their minds. Michigan fans. And I have two nephews that went Yeah. I was
1: going to say your nephew is a manager there, right? I met him at the final four on Bourbon Street in 2012. He, he was, he's the, um, mellow of the two
2: nephews, the other was, nephew. Who was he with? Uh, he was hanging with Josh Bartlestein and uh, probably maybe Novak. I think he was. What Novak. Yeah. You and Novak have a good history, don't you? We've played against each other for a long time. Right? Long time. Yeah. Um, all right. So your biggest takeaway from the net is what, Rob?
1: Um, I would say that they got the top two correct. Gonzaga and Baylor are by far the best two teams. I thought it was interesting that the Big Ten had three in the top seven. Um, you talked about this before. I think it's crazy that Michigan State, Kentucky um, – Who's the third team?
2: Duke, can I read you the number? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Duke, 115. <laughs> Michigan State, 119. Kentucky, 144. There's only 340 teams eligible right now in the net. Yeah, that's... 144. They're behind Sanford. I tweeted this. Sanford is 143. Sanford's AD is Martin Newton, the son of CM Newton. And Martin Newton, by the way, he was the one who convinced Calipari to come to – well, he was the one who convinced Mitch Barnhart, the AD, to hire John Calipari from Memphis. How about that?
1: <laughs> that is – that's awesome. cool. I want to know how Colgate rolled up to 17th with a one and – I think they played a home-and-home with Army. Amazing. <laughs> and, split. And, and they split with them. How does that work? How could they possibly – the Army? How could they be 17th at one and one
2: you know that's the thing is is again when they have minimal uh, information the net's a mess. The yeah. further it like, gets, well, I mean, like think
1: Ohio State has been the king of the net every every
2: every time year. it's come out. Right, every year. Poor Chris Holtman didn't didn't get in there uh, high this year. You know, Drake was twentieth. They're undefeated. Uh, I thought the two that that surprised me they were a lot lower. Three, Kansas twenty seven. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Kansas's resume is still pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I know. But they lost 500 to Texas. That doesn't help. Creighton, 30. Shocking. Minnesota, 43. If you look at their resume. No, they've got a great resume. They've done
1: really understand. well. And think about you talked about Drake. Think about how good they'd be if Liam Robbins hadn't transferred to
2: Minnesota. He's having a great year. Maybe they'd be worse. Who knows? Yeah. I guess you could you never that. know, like chemistry, right? Yeah, who would, who would
1: want a seven foot shot blocking presence in the paint that scores the ball from the post and the perimeter? Why would you want that at Drake?
2: He was really, really good yesterday. Now, again, I think the matchup was perfect for, for Liam Robbins against Ohio State because Ohio State has these like big, like, ball- like Zed Key nice Keys
1: guarding him. Yeah. No doubt. But with that being said, he got thrown to the fire. His first two Big 10 games, Kofi Coburn. And he ran it back against Luca Garza. yeah
2: nothing
1: he played pretty well he played well against Iowa he had yeah. 16. Yep. so I he's a good player maybe you think he'd make Drake worse but I didn't go on a limb no, and disagree I, I with that.
2: I think he'd make him better I think he'd make <laughs> him better a uh, couple more numbers in in the net uh, that might surprise some people Virginia 45 North Carolina 64. so legitimately right now Rob like, like Duke is the one that baffles me because a lot of people have Duke ranked right now I don't. I haven't had them ranked for three weeks. That's that's a product
1: of, like, sometimes these teams, especially like the Blue Bloods, when they start at, like, four, it takes them, like, four weeks of losing to fall out of the top 25. You know? You know when
2: I knocked Virginia out? When? When they lost to San Francisco.
1: Well, you should have.
2: Right, and that's my take. That's is not
1: that how this usually works. Like, you lose data. a game
2: and you fall five know, spots. But like, why care about the – like, to me, it should be based on what has happened. Not – what they've done last year or the past decade or two, like Ken Palm, I get it. He does predictive. A lot of his is predictive. That's what it is. So, but, but for most people, shouldn't it be about like Virginia? Like I think Gary Paris still has Virginia at like 10. <laughs> and I'm like, Gary, Gary
1: needs to be, we, we need to ask that question to him. I, I think Ken Palm, to... this was crazy yesterday when I was getting ready to do the Northwestern Michigan game. Northwestern was, what are they ranked? 17th? I think they're like 17 or 18th around there. Yeah, around there. On Ken Palm in their next, starting with last night, in their next 14 games, they were underdogs in every one of them. Like on the predictive model, they're ranked. That's
2: amazing. Isn't I've it? never,
1: like that, that's never happened before. It couldn't have ever happened.
2: Before. A ranked team that's underdog. Ranked team
1: underdog, the next 14. That's insane.
2: Well, I, I think that's part of my deal with Michigan, okay? We'll get on to Michigan now for all those haters, and there are many of you that feel like I don't have Michigan ranked high enough. And that you're hating me. And I didn't rank them early, and, and I didn't feel like I should have. They beat Bowling Green, Oakland, Ball State, Central Florida, who at that point, and, and I think Central Florida at the end of the day, is maybe an NIT team. They beat Florida State. That was a good win, but they've come down to earth now. They lost to South Florida uh Toledo Penn State like at that point I'm like I'm not ranking them I get there
1: Penn State is not bad Penn State is okay
2: they're fine they're fine they're still only three in the league and they're gonna finish like 13th in the Big Ten now I know that's not like brutal this year right um but all I'm saying is like
1: they might be the best 13th place finishing team of all time let's start with that but keep going
2: I, I get it then they beat Maryland at Maryland they beat Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska sucks. We can agree on that. <laughs> yes, I know you got to. They have
1: 14 new players. They should suck. Like I don't care it. who you recruit. You
2: can't have 13 new
1: guys. You're in on the, the Big Ten
2: Network. Network. You're not allowed. We're going to bleep that out of you saying <laughs> sucks in the Big Ten. It's so. not allowed. <laughs> Plus, you're a pretty guy. Uh, yeah, you I really I, can't I, say. What's that? Plus, you're a pretty. You're a Big Ten guy. You're not allowed to say. You know, the only time I ever got in trouble at ESPN, believe it or not. This is I incredible. can't believe this,
1: but this keep going. This is
2: incredible. The only time I ever got yelled at for tweeting something was when I tweeted that the SEC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like, of all things, like, for me. Of all the think, shit you did,
1: yes, that is shocking. Come on,
2: that's what you're going to get upset for? Who, who yelled at you?
1: Who who was mad at
2: you? Jay Levy, who used okay. to assign the game before uh, Dave Seisler. Yeah, yeah, okay. Who I love. I love Seisler, and I love Jay Levy. Uh, Jay Levy called me and he was like, "You, you can't do that." I'm like, "What do you mean?" It does suck, <laughs>
1: um, and it still sucks. Yes, SU. I still have yet to get in trouble on air. I, I'm sure it will come eventually. Where you just say something. I didn't stupid. get
2: in, in trouble as much as you think. Yeah, no,
1: maybe it won't. I, I feel like I got you in did. trouble for
2: the ball for the the ball story when I wrote the story over there. Killing when when LeBar killed Luke Walton to me. Yeah, and bro. I wrote that story in Lithuania and I had no idea like how big it got. Cause I'm in Lithuania. I'm not paying any attention. I wrote the story. I'm moving on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy myself in Lithuania. And, you, you know, i trying to enjoy yourself that place places. Is- I was the food yeah. I couldn't really get. Yeah. Food's tough in Lithuania. You we were staying in a spa. You, you gotta at some point, you gotta remind me to tell the, the, the spa story. Uh, in Lithuania. Maybe that'll be next week. That'll be the tease for next week. I look forward to that. Yes, it, it was, it was entertaining. Um, anyway, back to Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, so they're nine and zero. they mm-hmm. beat Northwestern by like a hundred last night. They look great. They, they look, look great. absolutely great. Um, I've got them at 14 and I think that's fair. I, I really do. I think that's fair because they haven't beaten. If you can name me a team, Rob, that they've beaten that's going to be a lock to go to the NCAA tournament. I'll buy you dinner. I know, I... buy, in fact, I'll buy you dinner. Next time I see you, I'll buy you a steak dinner if any team on their schedule is an at-large
1: bid this year. It sounds like I have nothing to lose in this deal, sure. so that's
2: not, that sounds good. <laughs> that's how um,
1: I am. I am. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that in the COVID year, you can't blame anybody for their schedule. Like I'm not a, blaming them. No, no, I know, but but in a way you are because you're penalizing them in the rankings. They played who was on their schedule. Now, with that being said, I know I just played Devil's Advocate and said that you're blaming them. That's totally fair. I I agree with you. If you put them at 12, 13, 14, I'm with it. They're going to they're going to get their fair share of
2: points. I can't put them at 6 without No, no
1: I I agree. They they haven't played anybody that warrants them to be at that level when you have other teams who have resumes of beating top 10 teams and, you know, like I'm with you. Do you
2: but think watching? Being said,
1: with that yeah. being said, last night, and Northwestern has played well this year. They punked Northwestern, and their personnel. Mike Smith has really done a nice job. I, I didn't think he'd be able to do this. I, I really thought he's What's the that key. Happened? Yeah, no, he yeah. he's been super unselfish. Yep. He's totally accepted his role. He's bought into what Juwan Howard's doing. Franz Wagner, the last like three or four games, has been hooping. He he can play. They got to get Livers playing at, at the level that I I think he can. Hasn't shot at well, it's kind of dinged up, but like Sean D. Brown being eligible, huge. Like can make shots. Really guards. Like really they they could be really good defensively in a lot of different ways. So they got Dickinson, who's shit you on know, Ken Palm. He's he's a top ten player efficiency wise in the country.
2: Can he, he play? Hey, can he play in the league?
1: He can shoot it. Like right now, he's shooting it to like 17 feet. I, he's he shoots it every time with his left hand. Like he literally goes left every time. Uh, Docket pointed out
2: court? you you were you were Hunter Dickinson who wins a race right now up and down the court.
1: I mean, he's seven one, so I'm not I've like fifty i I've seen you lately. <laughs> no, you haven't. You have not seen me run. You You're saw a video of up. me jumping, and you didn't even want to post it because it was too good looking. <laughs> the clip i sent you was too
2: good and you you claimed you're going to post it and then you did not because oh, so you were you're like upset man upset at be i but see the truth comes out now you are upset at me for not posting that video no i mean i i looked like i was semi athletic all right all right but send it to me again can he, can he play in the league send me the undoctored version by the way
1: <laughs> please dude yeah cuz i'm such a good <laughs> editor of video i think yes he can because i just i still think that like you know if it was 1993 i would be like yes just like I'd be, like, with Isaac Haas um, and all these other big dudes who, like, would have been brought into guard shack and, like, Hakeem Olajuwon.
2: I-, I think Dickinson's he's, gonna- he's too
1: skilled not to. He can really pass. He can really shoot. I don't know if he gets drafted. He doesn't get drafted as high as he would have 20 years ago. But, um, no, he-, he,
2: definitely, he plays
1: in the league for sure.
2: Yeah, I think he does. I think there's a place for Hunter Dickinson in the league. Uh, I think he's tough as shit, too. Do you see him talking trash to the Maryland bench? A lot of trash.
1: A lot of trash. Hold on. You would know this because you're pretty clued into the recruiting. Everything I read um, leading up to this game was that Maryland didn't recruit him or doesn't recruit Damatha. So we said that last night to start, and I immediately get this tweet from, I think, the Maryland PA guy. And he was like, we offered Hunter as a sophomore, like, well, I know your he, stuff. And I was like, dude, everything I've read is like they didn't recruit him. So they I don't, don't know.
2: get DeMatha guys. So I, I think they probably threw out a token offer, but Why never Why would not after? recruit DeMatha?
1: Mike Jones puts out players, like, all the time.
2: They just can't get DeMatha guys. That is can't that get them?
1: because DeMatha guys don't want to go or because Maryland doesn't recruit them?
2: I, I don't know. I got to call Mike Jones on that. I don't know. If, I assume if it do.
1: Ask him if it changed his life when he coached me at the Nike Jamboree in uh, 2005. I'm sure it did. I'm yeah. sure that was life-changing for him. He's the man, dude. I, I really like Mike too I do,
2: too. Our, text text was, to our team was
1: hilarious, too. Manny know? Harris, who was not passing at all. At all. Uh, who else? Larry Stone, who was an indie kid, but, like, he didn't – Actually, no. That team wasn't – my Nike on america Camp team that year was insane. Ty Lawson – Had 55 in a game. John Shire was on our team. Petey Sims, Deshaun Sims was jacking. (laughs) Gary Johnson at Texas. I loved him. Oh, I played so hard. Played so hard. He
2: was like PJ Tucker.
1: Yeah, Yeah. He, he played with such a motor. You know, what's crazy about him is that when my first year in summer league, we, David Kahn made promises to like 50 different agents about summer league spots. We took 21 guys to summer league. Come we had on. guys sitting on the baseline. Like, it was like summer camp. This is an NBA summer league game. And they cut one guy. And they cut Gary, the highest motor of all time, Johnson. Wow. I was like, dude, if we're going to keep all these other guys. Like, we had this guy named Jet Chang, who I think played. Like, I don't even know where he played. He, he was the <laughs> – David Collins. He was giving spots to everybody. But – David Collins. also, I have to shout out for the Nike American camp. My man, Curtis Kelly, who was – Oh, shooting.
2: I love Curtis. I think I
1: shot like three times on this team. I played my way in from the jamboree. Heron Goatey got hurt, so I got his spot, and I was an Indiana kid, and I literally didn't touch the ball the whole time my first year in the night camp.
2: My Curtis Kelly story, I'm at some primetime shootout in New Jersey, and a uh, recruiting guy, and, and Curtis Kelly isn't playing in the game. at Rice High School in New York. Yeah. And he's sitting in the stands, but everybody knew how good he was at that point, he was like ranked in the top. I,
1: I remember him being in like magazines with like Slam magazine with Edgar Sosa. Like yeah. those two dude, the the, the, the Gauchos, yeah. dude,
2: they were they were huge. So I went up to Curtis and I'm like, hey Curtis, you know, why aren't you playing? And like I think I just met him. Maybe I talked to him on the phone once or twice. I'm like, well, you know, what why aren't you playing? And he just looked at me, He's like, Girls. I'm like, what? Girls, that's why. That's why he wasn't playing.
1: What a beast! Uh, he he had that mentality the Nike All American too. Did he? So I'm I'm not surprised. And then that's you know who topped funny. off our team? Jeff Jordan, Are Jeffrey Jordan? Jordan. Both years I played with Jeff Jordan at the Nike Camp. So Michael Kane. I remember he parked his green Bentley like right outside of NIFs. Really? MJ was at the games. I I was literally like, I was starstruck. I, I I couldn't focus on what was going on. Like Michael Jordan sitting courtside. It was crazy. Well, for I you up the stairs. At NIFS, because it was in Indianapolis. NIFS is the National Institute of Fitness and Safety. And it's on IUPUI's campus. And we'd play some games at IUPUI. You'd play some games at NIFS where they had two courts. And we're walking back after our game. And we're in this back hallway. It's a, like, stairwell with, like, a 20-foot, like, it's a huge, like, ceiling. And there's this 20-foot poster of Michael Jordan just hammering it. And I'm walking next to Jeffrey. I remember just looking at him and being like, that's his dad. Like, how crazy is that? Like, great. he literally must look at that and just be like, oh, that's my dad. And the rest of us are like, dude, that's the greatest player of all time. It's got
2: to be so wild. Like, so, and, were you terrible like, in those games? Were you ter- were you awful when Michael was courtside?
1: My second year when he was there, I played great. Like, I had a great all-American, Nike All-American camp. My first year, I mean, I was trash regardless. I bet I- I don't know if I made a shot. No, I only shot like three times because those, like, Ty Lawson getting was, 55 uh, in a game. Like, right killing. P. D. Sims isn't passing. Curtis Kelly is never passing. So I was just kind of out there like, and I, pa- those those camps weren't really my deal either. Like you had to, I, I, I was never going to be like the dude that just kills in an isolation. Like I remember I got picked to the All-Star game the second year. And this is actually really funny. <laughs> I didn't really want to play. We were going to the Peace Jam and I was like, dude, this, I've, we've played like a million games, like just get through this, whatever. So Etwan's on my team. Scott Martin is on the other team. And Etwan's on the bench. And there's Patrick Patterson gets this steal. Or somebody else could just steal. They like, throw it ahead to him. And out, out of nowhere, I'm like, I'm going to pin this shit on the glass. Like, I just – think about Patrick Patterson. Like, six man, Grown man in high school. So I literally try to run him down. And, like, LeBron James, like, pin this on the glass. <laughs> I hit Patrick Patterson. And go flying off. And he just absolutely hammers this. Like, and I, I You're get like, a little, down. Boy? You're like um, a little boy. You are like a little boy trying to get him. I got dunked on so bad by Patrick Patterson. And I get subbed out of the game. And Etwan Moore is sitting on the bench. And I sit next to him. And I'm just kind of like, this is my, and Etwan's my dude. And he goes, Rob, what the fuck are you doing?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Dude, I don't know. I I was not in the right mindset to play this game. I I really was not ready for this. But I got dunked
2: on so bad by Patrick Patterson. (laughs) What's the the worst you ever got dunked on?
1: My freshman year at Purdue, I was getting dunked on all the time. Like, I was just – I was contesting stuff. I mean, I I can think of, like, four plays. Like, Calvin Brock from Illinois, he had a full head of steam coming full court in a game at Mackey my freshman year, and he just – cocked it back and hammered it. And, dude, my grandma made me this scrapbook, like, nine years later, of all my, like, these, like, pictures and newspaper articles. In there is just a picture of Calvin Brock <laughs> hammering it on me. He got me good. Um, what was the dude's name from Xavier? Derek? Uh, uh, Brown? Derek yeah. Brown caught a lob in the NSA tournament where I was guarding the ball. Yeah. And they threw it up, and I literally just turned and got it right in the face. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like – else? Well, I got dunked on a ton. Like I really did my friend. I was contesting everything. I was in Vapo high school mode playing against like Chester. And then
2: you, then you learned. Then I learned. That?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd file people or I'd take charges. Like you know, it's just, I got dunked on a couple of times in the league. <laughs> NBA? for sure.
2: NBA, somebody get you real bad.
1: Jabari Parker got me bad. Who? Um, Jabari Parker. Did he? he, uh, yeah, really? he went baseline and just hammered it on me. Um, Other than that, I don't remember getting dunked on, like, terribly by anybody in the league, which is shocking. I I did have a play. We are playing the Heat, and I got put in the game in the second half. We were not playing well. This is LeBron and D. Wade and Bosh. And they get, like, a a run out, and Wade's got the ball, and LeBron's running. I'm chasing after him. And literally, this is, like, in slow motion. Like, this all went down, like – like, it happened in, like, two seconds probably, but I swear to God I was able to have a full, like, thought – Wade throws it up off the glass and LeBron's coming in. And I literally remember turning to my left and being like, I could jump, but he'd probably bury me in the floor. So I literally just kind of like swerved out of the way. I mean, what was I going to do? Like he would have no zero. You're going to get hurt. That, you literally that's... could hurt
2: yourself. So right. I, I literally just got out of the way. But, Absolutely yeah. no reason. All right. Well, listen. Um, will uh, what do we got? What do we got?
1: Uh, we have next week to look forward to your story about, uh, about Lithuania and the spa.
2: We do. That was a good story. I'll, I'll give you some good Lithuania stories. I will. I'll, I'll give, give you it some. As good well. It's a lovely place. Have you been? You've been. Yeah, I've played, uh, played some
1: Euro Cup games there. Played a couple exhibition games during the playoffs when I was in Russia. We can talk about that. How
2: we played exhibition games in May at the end of the we'll season. Swap Lithuania stories. There you go. That's good. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into the championship game with Alabama and Ohio State getting ready to face off. Alabama giving eight points right now. I mean, if Justin Fields is really hurt, that could be a real issue for Ohio State. But uh, he looked pretty damn good when he was hurt last week. Uh, Mac Jones in that prolific Bama offense might be too much for the Buckeyes. NFL playoffs getting ready to go as well. Big matchups uh, in round one. The Bills, given six and a half, hosting the Colts. Tom Brady and the Bucks, a road favorite, uh, giving eight against Washington. The Titans and Derrick Henry are getting three and a half points against Lamar Jackson. The Ravens stay up to date with all the college odds. I don't know if you've been watching our best bet segment with myself and Rob Doster, but I've been absolutely killing it on that show with college hoops. Uh, why don't you open an account today? Keep track of Rob and I, mostly me Uh, because Rob's been mediocre, and and I have not, uh, on the field of 68 Twitter account, and let me make some money for you today. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, now please do welcome in uh, a guy I've known a long, long time, uh, a guy that I – Talked to plenty through the recruiting process, Andrew Jones, and it's been a minute uh, since we talked, but uh, glad to have you on the pod uh, with Robbie Hummel and I. How you doing?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm grateful to be here. I'm appreciative of y'all for having me on your podcast today.
2: No, it's good. It's good. And, and I know you're kind of a, a, an older dude now. You're 23. I think we first yeah. talked when you are probably about 15 or 16 years old. You're 23, but I'm going to make you feel better. You're okay. 23, still in college. I'm pretty sure Hummel was still like 27 when he was in college. So you're okay. Wow. Do not
1: listen to this man.
2: He
3: yeah. is so full. Of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do feel kind of old, but it's all right. I'm I'm staying down and enjoying the process.
2: Rob, how old were you when you graduated?
3: Man,
1: I okay. I went to college 18 years old. Played five years. 23. Same age as Andrew. Andrew. Same right.
2: age as yeah. Andrew. Andrew.
3: You looked a lot older. I did a, look a lot older and than I Andrew. Have a baby does. face. So I kind of yes. trying to get away with it. No question. You still look 18, Andrew. Yeah, I still look young, look young.
1: (laughs) Andrew, I got to ask you, you're now part of a a select few who have gone on the road and won at at Allen Fieldhouse. Mm -hmm. What what was that locker room like when you guys won that game here last week?
3: Oh, man, it felt amazing. You know, um, that was something Texas hasn't done in a long time, something I've never done personally in my career of being at Texas. So for us to go out there and get a win – in that environment, it was a great morale booster for us and gave us more confidence moving forward. So describe the locker room afterwards. What was the Oh man. like? It was, it was great. You know, um, we, we took the moment, enjoyed the win as a team because, you know, our hard work was finally got to show. Our togetherness and how connected we were, was able to show for 40 minutes throughout that game. So, you know, we took time, appreciated the win, and you then, you know, Coach tried to get his rebound focused. Were you at all surprised?
2: I mean, when you looked up at the scoreboard at the end of that game, and, again, nobody wins at the no. Allen Fieldhouse, nobody.
3: Right, nobody. Were
2: you surprised when you looked up there? Are you like, it was a
3: It was a span. They were making a run, and they had came back. And, you know, it was a close game. And it, we were down four. And then I was like, okay, at times like this is where in the past, We would fold, and then the pressure would get to us, and then we wouldn't hit any shots, and Kansas would just go on this run. But I feel like our experience really showed. You know, I hit a shot, then Courtney hit a shot, then Matt hit a shot, and then we kept getting stops. So at at a point of time, we were kind of like, dang, they are coming back. But then we followed the game plan, stayed aggressive, and then we were able to come out on top.
1: I want to ask you this really quick, Andrew. Is there a moment that you can recall? And it might be tough because I'm asking you this off the top of your head, but like when I was in school, my sophomore year, we got killed by Duke in the Big Ten mm-hmm. AC challenge. And I thought the next year it helped us beat all these top ten teams. It was like it was like a defining moment for us. Do, right. do you can you remember anything like that where maybe there's a singular loss from last season or two years ago where all of a sudden it allows you to win this game?
3: Yeah, we had a few humbling experiences. Uh, Oklahoma State at home, my very last game, we didn't play very well. And then at Iowa State, there were a few games that were just wasn't us. We didn't come ready to play, and they were the most aggressive team. So we've learned from those experiences, and we do not want to feel that type of feeling anymore. You know, that's not a great feeling. And so we decided, you know, as a team, we're going to come together, continue to get better so we can – not have a season like that again or have a game like that. I was
1: with you guys at Iowa State.
3: I announced yeah, was the game. Tough it, was, it was tough. Oh, yeah, it was, that was, it <laughs> it was, was tough. That game. They were hitting shots. The crowd was loud. It just yeah. they had a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, the, the last time you and I talked in person for a while, do you remember it was at the combine, at the hotel in Chicago?
3: Yes, in Chicago.
2: I mean, think of how much – your life, everything has changed. I mean, it's hitting me now, right? Three years ago, from about right now, I don't know the day, but I'm sure you know it off the top of your head. Mm -hmm. About three years ago, you were given the news that that you were diagnosed with leukemia.
3: Right. What what was the date? I mean, you know it. The date was, I think it was, um, it was after we played Kansas at home. So it had to be like January 4th. So right around uh, three years so ago, like, yeah. So yeah, I literally it came up on my phone. I had a few videos of just the, of the time of, and when I changed, and I was like, "Wow!" Like literally three years ago, I couldn't walk, and I, I was like fifty pounds lighter, and it was crazy. Yeah, I, it was surreal. How? Take me through
2: what it was like. The doctor, you know, when when you hear the news, you with your family at
3: that point. What what, what was that um, like, and what's your reaction? I was in Austin and we had just had practice and I I got blood drawn the night before the day before. And I was in practice and I remember like going through just some normal warm up drills and I was exhausted. Like I was going to pass out and I, the doctor called me in the next morning and they were like, uh, we got your results back. Uh, It came back as leukemia. And when I, when I heard that, I was like, I'm like, like cancer. And I was just in shock. And I just, Broke out crying, and then I called my dad after that, and my dad was telling me, like, he couldn't believe it. He didn't understand what was going on. And then from there, we just felt like we needed to just take the next course of action, you know, find the best medical care I can possibly get. And, you know, fortunately enough, I was able to find the best, you know, health care. But it was really a shocking moment for us because we didn't know where it came from, I knew I was feeling under the weather, but we didn't know it was this severe. And, you know, it was just challenging.
1: Andrew, when I was in school, I I tore my ACL twice in six months. And compared to you, that's not anything. Like, you've certainly been through way more than that. But I remember when I was going through that, I kept there – was, there was a couple times where I was like, man, I don't know if I'll ever play again. Right. Like, like, did you have a moment like that where you were like, dude, I, this just might not happen?
3: Yeah, I've had a lot of moments, especially, you know – when I started to become healthy again and I was shooting, like, in the gym, I was like, wow, like, I'm seeing this. How am I ever going to be able to get to this competitive level again? And then there's been times last year playing where I didn't have as best of games as possible. I, I questioned myself on my ability to actually play this game because physically I couldn't impose my will like I wanted to, like others can, you know, who are physically gifted, and sometimes I, I, I reminisce on the times on how I was that physically gifted kid where I was lightning fast, athletic, strong, and to where, like, I was the, the mishmash on the court. So I've learned to adjust, and then I just accepted my faith that, you know, I am who I am. I'm the player I am now. Make the best of it and try not to dwell on it. Try to be the best version of, of myself as I can now, you know. So it's been hard. You know, and it's just a continuous battle of just knowing myself, believing in myself, and trusting in my craft.
1: It's funny you say that because I I remember when I came back, I was terrible for, like, November, December. (laughs) Like, I was really bad. Like, I I was really, really bad. And I remember I had one night where I had this awful game, missed a game winner against Michigan, and I was, like, 2 for 15 from the field. My dad actually gave my roommate his credit card. And goes, go get Rob a steak at the steakhouse in West Lafayette, and make him feel better. And I, dude, I totally get it, man. I I know a hundred percent how you feel where you are. Like, man, my body used to do this, and it used yeah. to come easy. And now, yeah. you know, I am just ooh. It's it's a really tough thing. So I I really respect you, man, for what you've been through. I think it's it's just a phenomenal story, and it really shows your character, man. So I, from afar, I've been very proud of you for what you've been through. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
2: Likewise. Likewise. And, you know, the the part that I I think talking to so many people around you, Andrew, that I've heard over through this is Mm -hmm. how much you've grown and matured, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, listen, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you here, but I assume you thought you were one and
3: done coming in. I did. When I was a freshman, yeah, I definitely did. Right. I thought I was good enough to, you know, go test my talents in the NBA, yeah. How has this whole everything you've been through,
2: how how has it made you a different person?
3: Um, you know, I'm more aware. I think I've become a lot more wiser. Um, I tend to ask more questions. You know, I want to have a clear understanding of my options, the route that I need to go, and then learn to be coachable. Learn from, you know, those like my coaches, all the coaching staff, and learn to really – utilize my resources to the best of my ability and, you know, really try to find other ways to benefit others instead of myself. You know, I became a lot more selfless. I became more aware of my surroundings and what's going on in the world. So like over time, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more wiser and more, you know, take more passion for things outside of basketball. Cause you know, I used to only think of basketball, uh, that's who I am. And now I have like a more broader perspective of, you know, how others may be feeling, how certain diseases like cancer or even COVID has affected other people's families. So that having that type of awareness and wanting to make change, you know, genuine change to the structure and try to give health to those who can't help themselves.
2: It's very cool. Very, very cool. And I, I know your dad was a big inspiration for you throughout all this, right? I mean, for people that don't know, um, you guys were in a car accident when you were in the second Eight. grade?
3: Yeah, I was in third grade. Third grade. Third grade,
2: the car flipped. Mm-hmm. You and your sister were okay, but your dad was paralyzed from the, from the waist down. How mm-hmm. how much did you draw that? Ins- and I guess, how did he handle the whole situation with you in terms of trying to keep you motivated, not feeling sorry for yourself?
3: Yeah, because like, I watched him and I watched how he battled through and persevere through his challenges and, you know, from being a man who could walk and talk and do on his own to having to be in a wheelchair is, you know, kind of a life changing experience and you kind of learn how to deal and cope with these situations and stay happy and try to remain positive. And he always told me to keep a positive mindset, you know, keep my goals and my missions in front of my mind and just enjoy each day getting better. You know, enjoy each day. Take it as it is. Don't worry about the future or the past. Just enjoy the moment. Live in the moment and just try to make the best of your situation.
2: Hard to feel sorry for yourself, Andrew, when you saw what he's gone through?
3: Yeah, you know, because I seen what he's gone through. then I also see the stress that it's put on my mother and, you know, the entire family. So my situation was severe, but it's just part of our genes and our You know, I I grew up watching Perseverance through my mother, my father. It was something that I grew up watching. And so they were able to teach me in a way to keep my mindset strong for the world, you know, because it's not easy. The world is not just a straight path to success. You know, there's always twists, turns, and adversity that one must go through in order to achieve that success. And just my story just happens to be different, you know. But there's a lot of people with other significant stories as well and that had persevered through it. So I'm just going through the challenges trying to learn from each, you know, not mistake but lesson that I was able to learn and just trust God, trust my faith and, you know, continue to do what I need to do.
2: So the the pandemic hits, COVID hits in March. Mm-hmm. And you've you've got a health issue, you know, condition right. that that you got to be a little bit concerned about. How did that kind of change your 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 mindset at that point most kids a lot of kids are still going out They're, you know I'm sure you got some boys that are going out yeah. partying and not taking
3: COVID seriously how are you taking it you know when the virus first came out wearing masks and stuff was kind of normal to me because when I first got at the hospital I had to wear a mask like, I had to wear a mask I had to make sure everything around me was clean I had to my doctor made make sure I wasn't out partying and doing nothing crazy just because from a health perspective, so I wouldn't get sick or contract any viruses. So when the pandemic hit, I was just taking a lesson that I've learned previously from, you know, having to keep everything clean from cancer and just applying it to my everyday life. And so my life hasn't really been, you know, going out partying and doing all that stuff as I was when I was 17, 18, 19 years old. You know, I'm more aware like I need to stay out the way. I need to make sure I'm doing the right things, putting the right things in my body so that I can remain healthy. Andrew, I know you had hip surgery in April. Mm-hmm. How do you feel,
1: and and why did you why did you decide to, to have that?
3: Um, I feel a lot better. I'm still learning how to deal with my body, you know, my proprioception, like, and I have a new feel to me. I needed to get it done because it was something I tore when I was at the Kanban, actually. Like, when I got the MRI, I had tearing in my labrum, so it was – It's something that's been bothering me for a long time. It's just during the pandemic, it was just making me very uncomfortable. I couldn't sit down, stand up, couldn't really move. I was slower. So I felt like me getting the surgery would help me in the long run, athletically, to be, you know, more stronger um, underneath my legs, more athletic and faster like I used to be. So how how do you feel now, comparatively speaking? I know you
2: haven't shot the ball probably as well as you would have liked. right. But
3: body-wise, I feel significantly better. You know, I'm able to move a lot faster, guard a lot better. You know, I'm still getting my legs underneath me so that, like, I can have that. So, last year, I, I I trained so much with the labrum that my jumper was fluent, you know. So, now I'm learning how to bend into the shot, finding that rhythm and the coordination again because I have a different complete setup than I did last year. So, I'm enjoying it. Because something is just another curve that I just have to get stronger and get better at.
1: I want to ask you, Andrew, who, who's the best big that you've played with? You've got Jared Allen, you've got Mo Bamba, you've got Jackson yeah. Hayes. Out of those three, who who is the Out best? Who has the highest ceiling, we'll say? Not who's the best, but who has the highest ceiling?
3: We'll um, I like playing with Jackson, but I, I think the best probably that I like playing with was probably maybe Jared. Because Jared was really skilled, and he used to do a lot of things – that will catch you all by surprise. Like some things that he, he – I didn't know he worked on that. And so he, he has a nice skill set. And if he wanted to, he could stretch his game out to the perimeter, shoot more, you know. So I feel like his skill level for, for a big man of his size and presence on defense was really something that really helped us and that I like playing with. What do you think it's been like for Shaka? You know, I mean – and even for
2: you guys, right? You've heard it for the last year or two. Shaka, is he going to be your coach? Is he not going to be the coach? Now, I think it's really cool because you don't see this happen often where a guy gets off like the hot seat. Not only yeah, gets yeah. off, but like top five team right now. Like, it, yeah, yeah. it's very cool. And Shaka is not the type to beat his chest and say, I told you so. That's not him. Um He's pretty chill and, and laid back that way. But what's it been like for you guys and you specifically to watch – Uh, everybody's saying, hey, he's going to be gone at some point.
3: It's been kind of amazing to see the journey because I've been with him since the beginning, from our worst years to our best years. So I've been – as long as he's been getting – I was getting the same thing, need to leave, he's not playing you right, outside noises noises are like we're playing into a factor. But, you know, I just felt like my loyalty runs deep. You know, I trust – the process with him, you know, bought into the culture that he wants to build for us and for the team. And now that we were able to actually establish and build that culture, our hard work and stuff is starting to actually pay off because, you know, we're listening. We got a group of guys that are really bought in to a plan. You know, when I was a, when I was a freshman, a lot of guys weren't bought into the plan. Like you said, I was focused on being one and done and I probably needed more work, you know, of just understanding the game. So Instead of having an individual mindset, we have a group of guys that want to see each other do well, regardless if you're leaving this year or you're staying. What what was your guys' thoughts when he started growing out his hair? I loved (laughs) it. I loved it. I told him we need to continue growing it out because it was just different. (laughs) You know, it was just – he was growing it out. It just – I liked his hair. He had a nice little fro. Yeah. He actually uh, cut it some. Did he? It it was actually a lot bigger.
1: (laughs) I have so to say, he, when you guys were in Maui, I was like, who is that on the
3: sideline? Yeah, he's different. <laughs> what different. new assistant coach this, is really active program. for Texas? Yeah, he was like a mad scientist. He just looks Were you shocked? Like, did you know he could grow hair? I didn't know he could grow it that long. Yeah. But you knew he could <laughs> grow I, I, I used to always see him cut it and shave. I'm like, he don't let his hair grow that long. I don't know. Maybe he – I don't know. Maybe he was losing it and he just decided just to just go away with it completely. But then – when I came back to campus, I see him had a full head of hair. I was like, "Wow, thank not <laughs> it." <credit." laughs> Who is this?
2: Oh man! So I hear you've been helping out your dad's AU team. You're like, you're yeah. like the assistant.
3: Like, what's your
2: title? I I don't want to get you in trouble here with college. So but-
3: me, me and my father, we we're uh, co, co business owners of the of the team or the organization. You know, he he maintains everything, and I come and I help, as far as like setting up and. Give more plays, give more like individual development, and he's more of like keeping everybody together, maintaining it. So he has a more significant role, but you know, I, I help, you know, mentor the kids, you know, teach them, talk to them, and do the things. You know, we kind of like yin and yang. So what's, he, what's
2: the name? What's the name of? It's out of Irving, Texas, right? Yeah,
3: Irving, Texas is AJ One Team. AJ One, yeah. So, so I what, started the foundation around it, you know, with a group of kids when the local neighborhood that I went to in my high school and my, my middle school. And, you know, just trying to do the same things he did for me when I was younger for this next generation. What's it like? What? What's, I mean, you're, you're still young. Like most, I know. Most, of
2: the, most of the guys that you see doing this are, are pros already, right? Like you're
3: doing this still in college. Is it strange? It's fun. You know, I enjoy it because, like, some of the guys that are on my team, they look up to me and they – they really want to know what I say and listen to what I'm telling them. So I, I enjoy being able to pass down knowledge to these younger kids. I'll tell them all the time, like, you have my phone number. Like I know a lot of guys say hit you up or hit me up anytime. And they really don't mean it don't respond. I'm like, hit me up anytime, call me, text me, and I will respond to you. I will I will answer any question that you need from me because I I wish at 16, 17 I had something like that, somebody currently in college going through a college experience and can tell me what I need to prepare for and, you know, what I need to do in order to be on that level. And I got a group of kids that are actually bought in. It's gotten a lot better. And, you know, so when I'm able to actually be there with them, with my dad and actually, you know, get the foundation up and going, you know, right now it's just we have a few tournaments, we have a few games, you know, and then they have a few skill development with my dad. But this summer we were able to actually do a lot more and we won a few tournaments. So I got a few guys that are going to be able to break the grassroots pretty soon. Okay. That's awesome. What,
2: what, what is, there's more to AJ one than just that though, isn't there in right. terms of your kind of what, what you foresee AJ one being um, what, what will that be? If, if I said to you what, what this organization's going to be in five, mm-hmm. 10 years down the road, how do you see it?
3: I see it becoming an a outreach program for, you know, the disadvantaged children whose parents probably are divorced, single-parent households, and just an outlet for, you know, younger kids to have a access to resources they probably would never have, you know, with their families. Like, I want to have mentors and tutors, you know, so that they can be able to come there after school, get their work done, get some help on their academics so that they can – You know, they don't necessarily have to play basketball. They can just come and, you know, I want to have a safe environment for, you know, children in my neighborhood who literally don't do anything but just go home or may run the streets. So I want a positive environment that they can come and either train specifically on sports or they can come and get the mentoring and tutoring and, you know, a safe environment to have, you know, people who really care about them and want them to help them achieve in life.
2: This team now is – like, to me, watching you guys is so much fun. I mean, you guys have everything. You have everything on this team. I'm watching, like, Kai Jones. He looks like a completely different player than he was a year ago. Greg Brown's a freak. Like, Robbie and I were talking about, like, your bigs are great. Your guards are great. And you're not even – like you said, you're not even quite there yet. Like, how scary can this team be if you get back to – but I don't want us to say get back to. You. I think you could be the new and improved Andrew Jones because up here, I think you're way more mature as a player and as a person
3: than you were five years ago. Exactly, it's, and it's scary. I say myself this all the time. You know, we got guys playing really great right now, and even there was a, t- a point where me and Greg weren't playing well, and Matt and Courtney were really holding their own. And then there was a span where me and Greg were playing well, and then they had their moments. So, you know, at any given time, we have a lot of star power on this team who really – games can really thrive at any moment. And, you know, I'm taking it each day, continue to get better. I've had two good games as of late, and you just want to continue to build on that. You know, if I know if I can be more consistent with my scoring and then in my defense, the team was also is going to follow suit. So, I know we're just – we're right on the cusp are where we need to be. We're number four. So, as long as we just continue to win – and play well and play together, it's going to be a good year for us.
2: Does that surprise you, you know, when you look up and you see number four, Texas, after everything you've been through?
3: It's shocking. I This is the best team I've ever been a part of in my entire life. You know, I went from being on a team that won like 11 games my freshman year to the number four team in the country. Like, you know, I've never been ranked in the top 10 or been with a group of guys that have been this good. So it's it's great. I'm enjoying the moment. and. want to see what else we can do.
2: Hey, Rob, you know, he's still got two years of eligibility left after this year. Did you know that? He he could come back (laughs) and –
3: That's (laughs) Yeah. What do you think? You You get your master's? So that's the plan. I've actually been in discussion with that with my parents and my academic advisor today. You know, um, I'm going to try to see if I can pursue a sports management uh, master's and continue my education that way if there's roster spots available, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, I'm just – when the time comes for me to really make that decision at the end of the season, I am will finally, you know, have my final answer. But as of now, I just want to continue playing, continue to get better, play the best that I can, and then, you know, hopefully i have a good decision by the end of the season.
2: Well, listen, we appreciate you coming out. It's good to see you. It's good to see you smiling. You know, the best part is seeing you smiling – even when you're not playing at your A level game, like yeah. that—that's the coolest part. Because back when we first met, that wasn't necessarily the case. Right. I remember seeing you play AU games, whatever. If you would have a bad game, but your team would win, there'd be times when yeah. you know you still I'm would be mad and upset. upset.
3: And I—I've learned to challenge challenge that that negative energy because at the end of the day, like it's basketball. You know, I can't dwell on the past. Like when I, when I left um Maui, I was in a funk i was in a i was in that mode where i wasn't happy i wasn't enjoying the little things i wasn't liking basketball no more like I was questioning my ability and, and then you know i just i had to switch the mindset it wasn't making anything better it was making things worse, and so I had to just find the the joy in basketball again, regardless. Winning, winning helps, doesn't it? Winning definitely helps. <laughs> right. winning definitely helps.
2: That's Rob. Right. Winning helps, no yeah, doubt about. it.
1: Cures everything, that's for sure. Andrew, First, keep doing that awesome stuff off the court, man. It's it's really really cool. What you're doing for your community
2: is amazing. So really proud of you, man. Really 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 proud of you and uh, it. everything you've been through. And uh, hopefully you still got my number. If you don't, I'll text it to Scott so you have okay. it. And if you need anything, you let me know. And Ooh, uh, Good luck, man. Good Thank luck. You. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the I, ride. I, and I
3: enjoy every step of it. I appreciate y'all having me here. It was an honor. Awesome. It It's a blessing to be able to come and talk to y'all.
2: You make it. Hey, listen, the shot's going to start falling. Oh, I know
3: yeah. it. And, and that's what's scary. So yeah. it's like, imagine when I start shooting maybe 40% from the right. three, fifty 50 right. from the field. I'm I mean, already yeah. grabbing the rebounds. That's like 20-something a game plus with them. So I just got to put it all together. Focus yeah. in more on my shots. Everything's going to come through. It takes
2: time. You, yep. And and you know that better than anybody. It, yep, takes, it takes time. time. You, have, you have time. You're in no rush. That's yes. the great that's thing. That's the so, great thing, right. yep. Be well. Scott, thank you very much. Thank you Drew, stay in touch, my man, all right? I will. I appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one.